Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Kim Peek. I am a running triathlon and fitness coach who empowers women through movement, specifically as they train and prepare for an endurance race such as a 5K, half marathon, or triathlon. Thank you for joining me today. Now on with the show. Today I'm talking with Dr. Heather Denniston. Dr. Denniston is a seasoned chiropractor with a certification in wellness chiropractic. She is also an NASM certified personal trainer, an avid athlete, health enthusiast, and writer who has a passion for inspiring people of all ages to ignite first steps toward their personal best. Dr. Denniston also started The Change Cave, an online membership program for attaining personal optimal wellness through high-level accountability, a fierce and passionate like-minded community, and bulletproof resources. Welcome, Dr. Heather, to the show. I met Heather last year at a fitness convention, the Idea World Fitness Convention, and I just love her energy and love her message and just what she's all about. I think Jennifer, there I go again with this Jennifer. (laughs) Anyway, you know what? I have, I have a sister named Jennifer. And so that is so funny that that's the name that's slipping out of your mouth. I don't know why I keep wanting to call you Jennifer, but anyway, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Totally. So honored to be here. And I'm uh, excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today and to be one of your first guests. This is super exciting. Yes, thanks for being here early on while I'm still learning the podcasting thing. So professionally, you're in the wellness industry, but you have a lot of credentials. You are a chiropractor, right? Tell us your personal story and just how you got to where you are today in terms of what you're doing with fitness. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, the the on paper is uh, I'm a chiropractor. I also have a wellness specialty called a certified chiropractic wellness practitioner designation, and then I'm also a personal trainer, um, NASM certified. So that's the that's the paper version. But really, what I think um, probably more relevant and um, I, I, frankly, I, I think more interesting is the fact that I went through a really tough time as a kid. Um, I was largely left to my own devices. My mom had had two children uh, seven years prior, and I kind of came along, and uh, I was largely left to my own devices. I was very independent. And what I didn't realize at the time is the loneliness that I had as a kid, I used junk food as a friend. And uh, I would eat copious, crazy amounts of junk food and sugar, uh, so much it would make your head spin. But nobody knew because I was a competitive gymnast at the time. And so I was burning thousands of calories a day. And uh, nobody was really privy to this whole overeating thing that I had gotten started with when I was very young, seven or eight years old. And so, yeah. And uh, what happened was, is I grew like a Mastiff puppy about seven inches in one year and Mastiff puppies don't do back handsprings on the beam. And so I quit, (laughs) I quit gymnastics and uh, not knowing anything, just kept eating like I had always. And so I started to put on weight, obviously. And, um, yeah. And, you know, I would hide out in my room and binge eat and I actually even binge eat in my closet. I was a closet binger before there was even a word for it. And, uh, yep. And then when my, uh, I got, 
the opportunity to go to a private boarding school that was very prestigious and I loved I loved it. The problem is is sending an undiagnosed overeater into a boarding school environment is like, you know, sending a cocaine addict into your cozy crack den. It's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> and so I put on a ton of weight and uh, I went to college uh, at about 25 pounds overweight. By the end of college, I was over 235, which was usually 70, 80 pounds overweight. And I was out of control. And so what happened was, is when I got to chiropractic school, I was suddenly surrounded by people who understood exercise, fitness, uh, nutrition, and I just started personally and professionally sponging as much of that information as I could. And then 22 years later, after coaching patients um, on nutrition and fitness and, and using it in my own life, um, things, you know, turned around for me. It, it took a long time, took probably 10 years to get the weight off. Uh, when I was early in chiropractic school, and then it's been an ongoing journey. And you and I both know, because we're both in the industry, things are changing, things are always, um, you know, developing and, and growing in the industry. And it's important that uh, we have voices out there who can speak um, with well-resourced backed articles and videos on the subject. And so that's, that's kind of where I ended up. I left brick and mortar practice and I decided I wanted to kind of branch out on the online space and share really solid health and nutrition and fitness information uh, in a sea of information that can be very confusing to folks. That is so. an amazing story. And this is an audio program. So a lot of our listeners here might not know what you look like, but to look at Heather you would never guess that she was somebody who had that background because you are tall, thin, beautiful. You look like you've always had it together. So I'm sure people think, oh, you know, they just look at you and assume that that you've never yeah. had those problems. So I always love hearing from people who have had the same common struggles that most of us have because I think it makes yeah. you more real and gives you more compassion and just understanding about what are the real problems that people are going through and why. Yeah, and I think, I think, yeah, you never know what somebody has been through. Um, and it's easy for us to just kind of make assumptions about folks. And, you know, I'm still uh, an addicted overeater. Your addictions don't leave you, you manage them. And, uh, and so it's still, you know, it's something that I still speak about and, and talk about. And, and you're right. You know, I've done that myself where I've, you know, made an assumption about certain folks, uh, in the industry. And of course they have their own background too. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, thanks for mentioning that. Yeah. So now you're doing this website and Facebook group, right? Called WellFit yeah. and Fed. And then you also yep. recently launched something called the Change Cave. Can you tell us I a little did. bit about both of those projects? Yeah, you bet. Uh, well, Fit and Fed started when I was still in practice, when I wanted to be able to supply my patients with well-resourced articles in fitness and nutrition. And what they were bringing into me uh, was either inaccurate, confusing, um, or just uh, simply misleading and dangerous. And so I wanted to start collecting um, articles that were, you know, had some good backing to them. And so that's how it all started. But then I got such a passion for it. I loved the writing. I was really enjoying doing the research that I just, I started doing it a little more full time. And so now the website has over, you know, 200 articles and 70 videos and all sorts of resources for folks. But 
I wanted to get a, a closer connection to those that were using the information. And that's how the Change Cave launched. It's an online membership program. It's a 12-module uh, sort of wellness foundational principles course. And what's great about it is it's solid resources, it's accountability, and it's community because it was a very tight um, motivated group of wellness warriors on a private Facebook group where we all work together on our own personal um, wellness ambitions and we support each other. And it's it's been so amazing. It's It's been uh, way more impactful than I thought it was going to be on me. I, I've been moved by the changes people have made, the, the um, motivation that they have gleaned from the group and the, just the support that's been out there. So, and the other cool thing is that as soon as I launched this, you know you're you know you're doing the right thing when resources just start coming to you. And I've had some incredible experts in their field come and say, "Hey, I'll speak for you, or I'll do a video for you." So now we have all these great expert presenters in the Change Cave, talking on sleep and nutrition and fitness and and all sorts of great stuff. So it's not just me yapping. Um, they actually have some people who really, really, really know what they're doing, and and I can present that to the group. So I'm loving it. It's it's definitely uh, my life work. This whole Change Cave membership program. It's been awesome. That is awesome. I love the whole concept of the Change Cave and what you're doing there. What kind of person joins the change cave? Like how, if you're, if somebody's listening to this podcast right now, how would they know that this would be a product yeah. or a service that would be for them? That's, that's such a great question. It has evolved in the three months it's been running. Uh, it's now exclusively women, uh, 35 to 65, who are interested in upping their wellness game. They're ready to take next steps. They're ready to invest a little time and energy uh, into creating the wellness picture for themselves that they'd always dreamed of. So instead of just applying a 21-day this or a 30-day that, they're like, no, I want long-term change and I want to invest in my older self. And so in order to do that, we have to learn some foundational principles. And um, so there's there's downloadable PDFs and there's some worksheets and things. So people need to be prepared to kind of do a little bit of, of work, but also a lot of it is just the community. So if somebody wants some, some accountability and some community in their wellness, pursuits. They're tired of doing it alone. They're tired of guessing at what sort of things they should try to implement to get the change they're looking for. Uh, then this is this is exactly the place for them. And it's super cheap. I mean, it's $23 a month and it's cancelable anytime. I don't ever want finances to be a barrier to having an opportunity to be a part of it. Uh, and so and so that's, that's the kind of group that we're creating. I love it. So it's not just about exercise. It's not just about nutrition. You're mm -mm. sharing information and having experts talk that address the whole spectrum yes. of wellness and health. Yes, yes, exactly. And so that's, that's really key too, is helping people transition into understanding that wellness is a very multifaceted um, thing. And we have to learn a lot about a lot of different Things from, from stress reduction, fitness, nutrition, sleep, habits, uh, mindset, all sorts of things that uh, go into making this work for you. And people are getting great results, and I love it. And I know that you talk about something called the illness to wellness spectrum, and that sounds kind of like where we're headed now with this conversation, maybe. Uh, can you explain <laughs> yeah. a little bit about what that is and why the illness to wellness spectrum is important? Yeah, you bet. This plays into what you and I are going to talk about, this sepia-toned life concept. 
the illness to wellness spectrum, and of course, because we're audio, I'm just going to verbally describe it. it. If you picture two circles with a line in between the two, one of the circles represents illness, one of the circles represents wellness. And when I had a brick and mortar practice, this visual was really helpful for patients because they might come in in pain and then they get a couple adjustments. They're like, I'm not in pain anymore. And then I explain to them, yes, but your function isn't returned. You still have hypertonic muscles. Um, you still don't have full range of motion. And to help explain to them that those symptoms may be gone, you may be feeling okay, but things aren't 100%, was really helpful that along that line, there's all sorts of iterations of illness and wellness. And how I relate it to what we're talking about today is that it's really important that we understand that a couple things. Number one is symptoms are your body's messaging system. And when we shut that down, uh, we are losing a great opportunity to connect with our bodies. And so symptoms are super, super important. So we talk about inside the illness circle. Um, that's where you have symptoms and things are obvious. Well, we spend a lot of time in our society shutting that down with headache medication or uh, blood pressure medication or whatever it is. Um, and it's important that we listen to it. And the other thing is, too, is that sometimes there are things going on in our body that do, are not symptomatic. So, for example, uh, sometimes the very first sign of heart disease is a fatal heart attack. And so knowing that your optimal wellness, we should not be monitoring based on presence or absence of symptoms. We should just understand that we want to be in constant pursuit of pushing along that line toward the wellness circle. And so that's really key. And then I think also in that illness to wellness spectrum is teaching folks that as they stand on that line between the illness and wellness spectrum, if they stand still and they do nothing, they're actually being pushed backwards because there's a natural degenerative change that happens in our body. Uh, we, things will, you know, our cartilage will degenerate, our skin changes, our intestinal tract changes, everything changes as we age. So we're actually working against a headwind. And so we need to lean in even more strongly with our wellness choices and changes, um, knowing that we are being pushed towards that illness um, circle if we do nothing. And so those using that to help people kind of start to think of their wellness in a different way. It's not about how ripped your arms look or how thin your waist is. It's so much bigger than that. And kind of understanding that those choices that we're making every single day, even the teeny tiny little choices, give us those baby steps forward toward that wellness circle. Okay. That's, that's a lot to think about. And so then is this where we start getting into the sepia tone life? Yeah, we can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I know that you and I talked before about, Hey, what should we talk about? And, and this sepia tone life is something I'm presenting on pretty regularly. And so I wanted to share it with your, with your listeners and, you know, we'll scratch the surface of it. And if people have questions, they can certainly um, circle back with myself or you or you um, regarding that. But the concept is I used to, when I would present on this, I would put up on the screen a picture and the picture was a sepia toned, lovely photograph of a bunch of boys playing in a meadow and they're kicking a soccer ball around and it's up in the air. And one of them's mid jump, just about to grab it. And the outside of the picture is just a little blurry and it's, it's a beautiful picture. And the idea is that, I have people look at that, like, oh, isn't that a neat picture, you know, and, and everyone's like, yeah, that's cool. And then I flash up the original picture, which is full color, bright blues, greens, blue sky, really sharp 
soccer ball flying through the air and you can see that the every the details of the boys' faces and that they're laughing. And I explain to folks, you know what, there are steps that we take every day that create a sepia-toned life or a full color life. And we talk a lot about diabetes, cancer, heart disease, and all of these things that if we don't make the right choices, we're going to end up with all of those diseases. And that is true and it's concerning and it's it's really important we think about that. But my mission is to get people thinking more about what are they experiencing in their life? How are they viewing and, and interacting with their own world based on their wellness choices? So little by little, if we don't hydrate, if we don't eat up the proper nutrition, if we're not exercising, we don't see the same, we don't hear the same, we don't experience and look at the world in the same way, we can't think the same, we can't interact with our loved ones in the same way. And that to me is such a big message to share with people is that we have the choice to live a full color life or we can live the sepia tone life. And the sad part is, is a lot of people don't even realize they're living a sepia tone life. Yeah, so that's, that's crazy kind of because I think a lot of those little changes in your health, they, they happen so gradually too that you don't necessarily absolutely. realize that parts of you or parts of your health are gradually slipping away. Yeah. Well, and that leads us into, because uh, we talked a little bit about, well, let's give an example of that because it's a pretty esoteric sort of philosophical way of looking at things. And for some people, it may not feel very concrete. So the, the, the method, I, I kind of make up this fictional character named Greg, but Greg could be really just about any guy in the tech industry uh, mm -hmm. out there. And so I'm just going to tell a little story about Greg and people can kind of see how this full colored life can suddenly be this sepia tone life. You don't even realize that you're in it. And so let's just take Greg. He works for Microsoft. He's been there for 10 years and suddenly he gets this great promotion and he loves his work. He loves this opportunity that he's just been given. So now he's working upwards of 50 hours a week to get ahead in the new job and to please his boss. So he decides just temporarily he's going to cancel his gym membership. And he had been going to yoga with his daughter once a week, but he's just going to forego that just for a couple of months because he wants to make right with this work. So he starts to gain weight, of course, because he's sitting too much. And his doctor had already told him, look, uh, you're borderline, Greg. If you get any heavier than and potentially you're going to be borderline diabetic. We're going to have to talk medication. Well, he tipped over and his doctor said, okay, Greg, you know, we talked about this. Now you're heavier. Uh, we've got medication or you can start doing some exercise. And like, oh, doc, I, I want to exercise, but I just right now the stress is too high. I need to just really focus on this job. So let's just do the medication temporarily. Let's just take three months, do the medication, then I'll get back on the wagon. So he starts the medication, but the medication impacts his blood pressure. So then he has to go on a blood pressure medication. And then the blood pressure medication actually has a side effect of low back pain, but he doesn't make that connection. He he just thinks he's suddenly having low back pain. And so now he doesn't go for walks with his wife at five o'clock every night like they used to. And what he doesn't realize is that connection time with his wife was actually what was sustaining their relationship through all of this stressful time with their kids and their job. And then now he's not going to volleyball anymore for his other daughter because he can't sit in the bleachers. And so he's not witnessing his daughter making these great plays and interacting and having these great connections. And you can start to see that Greg's living this sepia tone life, but it's just happened a little bit at a time. And so that's the kind of thing that I see happening with clients. I know you probably do too, is that just like you just said, it's been little tiny steps along the way that suddenly you're in a body and an existence 
that you don't even recognize necessarily. And it's just been so insidious. So that's kind of what I share with uh, when I'm presenting on sepia toned life is, yes, we need to be worried about the cancers and the diabetes and the heart disease, but we also need to be thinking about our day-to-day interaction with our own world and how can we make that more optimal. So then what are some practical things that people can do so that they don't find themselves in this type of situation? Yeah, and of course, that that's what you and I coach on all the time, right? But mm-hmm. some takeaways for your group. I, I kind of thought about three takeaways that maybe weren't super, super obvious. So okay. the first one is, yeah, because <laughs> obviously like hydrate, how about that? Sleep, <laughs> you know, things like that. Those are the obvious ones, right? Right. Um, but a, a, a couple unique ones might be have an approach to your wellness like it's a bank and you're making investments like a retirement account. The more you invest now, the better your returns. And wellness is, um, it's, it's not... It's not just reactive to kind of weight gain and stress and being out of shape. It's a daily investment we make for our present and future self. So I like to think about that. So even, you know, we go back to that illness to wellness spectrum. Hey, I'm feeling pretty good. I look pretty good. Maybe I don't need to do my workout right now. Well, I'm going to do my workout because it's an investment in the bank for my future self. And so kind of using that as a motivator to help make additional wellness choices, even when you're feeling pretty good. So that's number one. Number two know that every little tiny decision you make from a nutritional fitness and stress standpoint is taking you a step toward, you know, I'm going to just tell a quick story because uh, what I, what I'm looking at in my notes, I'm thinking that this is a strong statement and I want to back it up with just a little tiny story. And that is a, a mentor of mine who taught my wellness chiropractic course stood up on stage one day and he said to us, he said, today, I want you to go home. I want you to take off all your clothes. I want you to stand in the mirror. And I want you to say to yourself, if I do nothing different than I have been, this is the best I'm ever going to look. And I was like, oh, my word. Like, that's a pretty strong statement. But I thought, you know what? That is actually a really great visual because people, they don't make that connection that we have this natural degenerative thing that's happening in our bodies unless we make really strong shifts and changes. This is the best it's going to look. Because we're getting older, right? Right. right. So, yeah. So going back to know that every little decision you make from a nutritional fitness and stress standpoint, how uh, my my mentor, James Chestnut, said it is, you are either taking a, a step toward long, slow suicide or a step toward a full, vibrant and full color life. So when you choose to eat sugar over healthy fats and proteins, when you choose to imbibe too much alcohol, when you sacrifice your sleep, he calls it slow suicide. You're just taking tiny steps toward that sepia tone life is what I refer to it, or, you know, eminent disease or whatever it is. And so when you're making these tiny little decisions, just think about the fact, am I pushing toward a full color life or am I pushing myself toward a sepia tone life? And I, I so I kind of like that, that you can make little decisions all day long that push you mm-hmm. one direction or the other, and you can always change them. And number three is find your wellness why. And your wellness why is that question that you ask yourself, what is health and wellness? Why is it important to me? And it's usually not the first answer you get. You have to keep saying to yourself, but why? So for example, well, I want to be healthy because um, I don't, I want, I'm, a, I'm afraid of getting overweight. Why? Uh, because I might not be able to do stuff. Why? Well, because I want to still be able to hike with my wife when 
you know, we're in our 70s. Okay, why? And keep digging down deeper and deeper and deeper till you get that kind of heart-clenching, moving reason why you want to be well. And write it down, post it somewhere where you can see it, and use it as a motivator for your own wellness pursuits. This episode is sponsored by my coaching company, Power of Run. If this is the year you want to run your first or fastest half marathon, walk or run a 5K, or jump into the world of triathlon, check out my coaching programs at www.crushingmygoals.com store. Do you have any thoughts? A lot of these are, and I absolutely agree with you in terms of you need all of this wellness stuff, good nutrition, good hydration, lots of sleep, exercise. You need all of that because of what it will do to your body long term. But what mm-hmm. do you say to people who can't see that far into the future or who don't want to see that far into the future? What do you say to them to motivate them to do something right now? For, I, that's a tough question for me to answer because I spend a lot of time getting people away from thinking there is a, a quick fix or a quick result um, okay. that they're going to get. But I do, but I do think that the, going back to kind of the idea that how you are going to interact with your day from an attitude, from a, a cognitive standpoint and stuff is so reliant on the choices that you're making every day. And mm-hmm. so I think having that wellness why and then setting a really solid, achievable, measurable, short-term goal is great. So maybe, you know, one of the things that I love about you is that you help people train for a 5K or put something on the calendar that acts as a short-term motivator. Um, and so having a series of those short-term motivators is, is great for those who are like, well, I don't, I don't, the, the idea of my 70-year-old self is so esoteric, it's not a motivator, but a 5K you know, mm-hmm. thing hanging on my fridge is, and so that can act as a series of steps toward um, making these choices. So, yeah, I I agree with you. I think we have been trained as a culture for quick fix or mm-hmm. make it happen now, lose 10 pounds in six days. Um, unfortunately, the reality is uh, with how unhealthy our culture is, that doesn't work. So we have to go back to the basics and look look, uh, look at the foundational principles in wellness and start learning them. And it's not academic stuff. It's baseline stuff that we just need to get in touch with again. That has just kind of been on my mind today because I was going through Facebook, my Facebook memories this morning and this picture popped up from a beach vacation. We were in Hawaii three years ago and there's this picture that is part of this series of pictures that every time I see it in my mind, I call it the calm before the storm. And I'm playing on the beach with my girls. I had just done a cartwheel and somebody snapped a photo right as I was clutching my chest in my bikini. And to me, this photo is just so perfect because right before we left for this vacation, I had discovered a dimple in my breast. And for people who Mm -hmm. are not familiar with my story. Um, I am a breast cancer survivor. So this is three mm-hmm. years ago. We're on a vacation right before we left. I had found this dimple. And so that somebody snapped this picture with me clutching my chest cracks me up. And then I had an appointment scheduled for when we got back from vacation. And so this is like this calm week before I had this whole month of interesting and all of these things that happened to basically get the diagnosis. And 
there is no doubt in my mind that the way I ate and my exercise, all of my fitness level, all of those things played into the fact that I was able to first even see this baby dimple because every doctor that we talked to in the process, it, their jaw just dropped. You found that yourself? You're kidding me. Yeah. Wow. And, I mean, I, and it just if I wouldn't have had that fitness level, I wouldn't have seen it. And then my level of fitness and my understanding of how fitness helps you just plays yeah. such a critical role in my treatment and even how I'm doing today. But so it's super important to me to get people to understand this, but I know that not everybody is motivated about you need to take care of your body because someday you might yeah. have a heart attack or you might have cancer or you might have whatever and yeah. it will help your recovery or, or maybe it will even prevent it. But yeah. anyway, so I was just thinking about the story yeah. before we got on the phone call because I, yeah. I do think that it's important to take care of your body and just really be on top of that kind of stuff. Because something, something bad or tragic or it might doesn't have to be cancer or a heart attack will happen to everybody in their lives. And Absol- absolutely. And even t- just I j- No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I just I just walked through caretaking uh my mom through her last ten weeks of life uh, as a can as and death from cancer and being a caretaker, being in a position where you're healthy enough to support someone, a family member in that, in that way. And so, yeah, I think the more, because I think we haven't done a good job connecting wellness to just the daily life experiences and stressors and things that are going to come and hit you. And I love that you use that example of, you know, um, you, there was a preparedness that you had that helped you get through this very, very stressful situation in such an elegant way. And had you not had the health, the fitness, you know, the mindset, um, the joy, all of those things, you would have gone through that a lot, a lot differently. And I, and I think that's so important that we focus on that in our, in our wellness teaching. Mm-hmm. I do too, but I think it's a hard thing to get people to understand. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to meet mm-hmm. gratification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, and I, I think it's, it's worth just constantly working on that and helping people find, well, then what is your wellness? Why? What, if, if you are going to start making healthy choices, why are you doing it? And working with them to really dig deep to find out what that is. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so I think that's key, but yeah. And I know too, that you do a whole variety of fitness activities can you just touch yeah. a little bit on that? Because I think that's so important too, for people to understand that, okay, I'm a running coach, but you don't have to like running or biking. There's yeah. so many other things that you can do. Yeah. Like, I think people get so caught up in labeling what is exercise and what isn't exercise. Yes. That they give up. So can you talk a little bit about some of the things that you do? Yeah, you bet. I'll tell uh, in the change cave, one of the members just posted the other day, our our current module is called fast fitness and it's an exercise module. And she posted in the Facebook group, I, I just, I hate exercise. I just can't do it. Blah, 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 blah. And she, and so she was just, she was having a rough day. So I said to her, what did you do today? And she, she said a bunch of things that she did. I said, uh, you, you exercised three times today. She gardened. She ran laundry up and down her stairs. 
And there was one other thing that I can't remember, but I just like you're just saying, exercise doesn't have to look like running or biking. It can look like a lot of different things. And so to answer your actual question, I, uh, in addition to all of my weight gain and my sugar binging, I set my body up to be very open to a couple of autoimmune disorders. Uh, one of those is called ankylosing spondylitis. It's an arthritic condition and it really limits what I'm able to do. And so I had to find other things for a long time. There's no way I could run. I couldn't run five steps without putting myself flat on my back for three days. Um, and so I had to find other things. So one of the things I found was inline skating and it's such a kooky thing. Nobody does it anymore, but it works for me. Yeah, it's super fun. And there's actual, I actually used to compete in inline skating marathons and people are like, they actually do that. I'm like, yep, you can find stuff for yourself that that will work. And it doesn't have to be traditional. I have a member who her only form of exercise is belly dancing. She goes to four classes a week. She loves it. It's what gets her going. It's a type of movement that works for her and her brain. And so it works really well. But what I do um, personally, so the inline skating is kind of the weird one, but I, I'm all about like what I did yesterday, I will not do today because I want to be constantly surprising my brain and my body so that I get the most out of my workout. Um, and so I love doing TRX. I love weight training. I love hiking. I love going out for walks. I love yoga. And I try to do just something a little different every day and get my body moving because I see such a connection between how my brain works uh, if I'm moving versus if I'm not moving. So I, I just love to do a little something every day and, and just try to change it up as much as possible. And those are all great examples of just different things that people can do. Also, yeah. you had a great post um, a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, that maybe we'll link to in the show notes also. And it was about yeah. exercises that you can do in every room of your house. Yes, that's it's funny. You know, um, you and I have both, you know, blogged here and there. And it's interesting what posts go nuts. So versus that, you know, I might think this recipe post is going to go crazy. But that post, it was five five-minute workouts for every room in your house is probably one of the most popular. And it answers our question of like, people are looking for stuff they can do quickly, efficiently, effectively, and without too much equipment. And so a workout in the kitchen, a workout in your stairwell, your backyard, your living room, and your bedroom. Yeah, if it's only going to take five minutes, I can do that. And so I think that's a really important thing to talk about too, is, is you don't need an hour, uh, five minutes, you can get a workout done in five to seven minutes. And, um, and that's what that post talks about. So yeah, that's a great idea to link that one. Now, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you? I know that I love that question. <laughs> I, know, I know we're going to talk in a second about some, a link to a free gift, but is there anything else yes. that you want to add before we get to that? Well, uh, just a little kudos to you. Uh, I have a, it, it's sort of a podcast-esque live show on, on Facebook on Fridays at noon called The Junk You Should Know Show. And you were on it not too many weeks ago, and it was the most watched show I've had. So if any of your listeners have not heard your being on the other side of the microphone, uh, all they need to do is go on Facebook and type in Junk You Should Know and then 
Kim Peek, and your show will come up. And I encourage them to go and watch that one because that was a great interview. You gave great information and uh, people were really appreciative of that. So that's really the only other thing I wanted to mention is, is just in support of um, your and you, your message because it's so amazing is getting that out there and finding other ways to, to listen to your message as well. Well, that's crazy that it got so many people watching it too. <laughs> Yeah, it was, a, it was a great show. Oh, you never know. Yeah. Right. And so awesome. you have something for the people who are listening today. Tell us what it is, Heather. Okay, I will. <laughs> uh, I, I published a book called The Three Day Reset a couple years ago. And the intent was along the lines of what we're talking about, Kim. It's, it's the idea that people want to make nutritional changes, but it's overwhelming. It's confusing. There's so much information out there and it's, it's restrictive and it's, I just can't do it. And so I wanted to create a resource where people could go, okay, three days, I can do that. So the book is called The Three Day Reset. It's, it's perfect, organic, well-sourced eating for three days, very specific with grocery list recipes and a totally clear outline. And the idea is that you could do it once a month. It's kind of a, like a little cleanse, or you can practice it weekly, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and then you have flex in the rest of your week. You don't have to restrict yourself on the weekend specifically. You eat consciously and making good choices, but you have some flexibility. And so I'm going to give a digital copy of that book to whoever wants it. I know you'll have a link in the show notes and uh, they can take advantage of that and learn a little bit more about how to do a three-day reset. That sounds great. It sounds like valuable information. And how can people find you again? What is your website address? Yeah. Yeah, you bet. It's just wellfitandfed.com. They can uh, certainly connect with me there. That's where all the articles and videos are as well. So if they're looking for anything specific, they can go there and, and check out articles. And then also the Facebook page, Well Fit and Fed Facebook page is super active. So people can also message me there if they have any questions. And I love, I love, love, love to talk to listeners. So um, please reach out and even just say hello. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign Power of Run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week, and I will catch you next Tuesday.